Hey folks, here we are again. Today's topic, we talk about verses. In light of Batman v Superman, we want to see how people stack up, in our opinion, against one another. We do get a little heady talking about Batman versus Superman specifically, but that's because we're so excited for the movie. See, this discussion takes place right before we see Batman v Superman. We felt the need for you to see how we felt before we went to see the movie, while our innocence was still something precious to us. Joining us today is uh, Trisha Hirschberger from Aw Me and her own YouTube and Twitch channels. And like us, she hadn't seen the movie either, but we were all going to see that movie the same evening. You got to see our experience, Bo and I and Nate, how we felt about the movie when we were done. Boy, did you get to hear it. I think that was in our first jumbo sode, and that was uh, in the last episode. Trisha, on the other hand, she wasn't there to join us to give us her feelings over it. I was asked to find out how the movie left her feeling overall, and she sent it in this quick notation. I really wanted to like it. Overall, I had too many, but why moments in the story that were glaring enough it took me out of it, such as, why was Superman such a wuss throughout the entire thing? Why was he blinded by his love for Lois above all else? Why was he shown kneeling before Lex? Why didn't he just tell Batman that Lex had his mother? Why was Batman killing people? Why did he have a sudden change of heart because their moms had the same first name? Why, how did Lex know both Batman and Superman's secret identities? Why and how did Lex know about the ship and creating Doomsday in the first place? Why was Wonder Woman even there? The entire thing felt really all over the place for me. The individual performances I enjoyed, namely Holly Hunter, Ben Affleck, and Gal Gadot. But the movie was a bust for me overall. That was a lot nicer a return than we gave it. But like I said, the movie didn't hit us as we thought it should. And to those who think that we had too many high expectations for the movie, it was called Batman vs. Superman. And, well, oh, cue the music. I'm your freak of the Versus, because duh. Well, that's what duh. you guys said to me, right? Or did I just make that up? Well, you were suggesting themes, and you mentioned the upcoming Batman Superman movie. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. Actually, actually, I think I threw, might have thrown that one out there, but she might have also. I'm it's, seeing it's awesome. it tonight, so as soon as we get off this uh, podcast and go in the movies. So mm -hmm. is he. So is so he. am I. Yeah. Nice. I'm not seeing it till Sunday, and I saw the I, I saw the Jeremy Johns review. But I'll, 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 I'm still going to give it a shot. You got to. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. I'm just so happy to be a geek in this day and age because I get all my happy everywhere. Whether it's yeah. the show, TV shows, the movies, the games, all of it. It's awesome. It's all for us now. So the question is, why, why do, as fans, why do we like seeing our heroes, villains, fictional characters, or what have you, just beating the crap out of each other? Where does that fascination come from? To I see who's better. Yeah, I think it comes from having too much awesome in one thing or like wanting to have too much awesome in one thing because we already know like, okay, so it's a new story. Batman's up against the Joker. Who's going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Or it's, it's going to be story. Batman. It's yeah. a new story. Superman's up against Zod. Who's going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Or, you know, if it's an alien movie or a predator movie, like we've learned that, yes, while we can create interesting obstacles for these characters that are so beloved to us, we ultimately know what's going to happen. So I think it's really fun to sit down and debate with your friends what would happen if the people who win all the time went up against each other because then the outcome is unknown. 
Okay, so now she's already killed the point that I could bring up and I bring up constantly. In these versus fights, I always say, like, Superman, Goku, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, who would win? My always, what I always bring up is they're fictional characters. So in the debate of this, it's whoever's <laughs> narratively better for the story to win. So what you're saying is throw that out the window. Yeah, I, I would say I would say that it's all about having fun and knowing your your verses, if you will, your universes and just battling it out with your friends of, well, but no, I have this evidence to back me up. Well, no, I have this evidence to back me up. And you just get to mentally live in that world and kind of pretend that you are the comic writer like the for guys. that argument. That's really yeah. fun. Oh, that's really good. I, I agree with that completely. Um, I think in this movie upcoming, the winner is going to be Wonder Woman and fans of Wonder Woman because we finally get a movie. Um, <laughs> and that's that's huge for me. Like I've been huge for praying you. for Wonder Woman movie for a long time. Yeah, Mike too. Um, Mike too. I have practically what what I have a poster that you see upon entering this house of Wonder Woman that I've had for years. My wife has understood. She's had to share <laughs> me with Wonder Woman for years. Well, now your wife can be your Wonder Woman. She is my Wonder Woman. Totally. Um, the what were you gonna say, Bo? I was just having this discussion with my wife a little bit ago. Um, I, I I dabble in cosplaying and, and getting dressed up and doing stuff once in a while. Woohoo! Um, and uh, I, I dressed up as uh, I did Green Arrow from the TV series The Arrow, and nice. I I finally talked her into being Black Canary because she's blonde and very statuesque. Um, Perfect. Exactly. We had a blast. It was a lot of fun. I had a whole lot of grease paint on my head and my scalp for days, um, <laughs> but it, it was so much fun. Um, oh, you're talking about when he was the Arrow and still had like the grease stain exactly. on it. Exactly. It was it was year one grease paint over like the top of my head, and I just looked like uh, Fio, uh, uh, what's her name Furiosa. Like from the top of my scalp for a couple of days. People are like, what did you get into? Uh, this is a thing. So maybe you don't know about me. I'm kind of geeky. Um, so it was, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, she had a blast. And, you know, I like I always tell people if you like your fandoms and you go to cons, you know, you can dress up partially or a little bit or anything, any parts that you want. There's no bad cosplay. Um, I don't think there is either. I'm so glad that you just said that. No, I really, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's a celebration of our fandom and the thing that we love. You know? Exactly. If we I get could really tolerate- upset when people get super competitive or catty in the cosplay world, um, you know, or just get really critical of other people's cosplay. Like, if you're dressing up as a character that you love, embody that character and have fun for the yeah. day. That's what it's all about, you know. And exactly. I mean, it's amazing if you, of course, there are people out there who create amazing cosplays. They're like professional costumers or have incredible special effects, makeup skills, or wig styling skills, or prop making skills, or you name it. There's some really impressive stuff out there. But I think it's important for people that are newbie cosplayers to not be intimidated by that. Like, you yeah. do you and have a good time. I, I was fortunate in that my wife is a bit of a costumer, so she actually did the hood for me and it was totally awesome and I love it exactly (laughs) yeah if we could tolerate tons of photobombing by armies of Deadpools for the last I don't know decade (laughs) and a half we can tolerate any costume that might come onto the field I mean uh, what's oh my god the Deadpools (laughs) you know it's gonna be worse this year too yeah oh my god you know what would be odd you know what would be odd if all of a sudden we don't get as many Deadpools that would be really odd yes I (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I think this just validates them. I think they're like, yes, this is the most awesome thing ever, and we will be getting randomly teabagged by Deadpools everywhere. <laughs> Ugh, what an image. I know, I know. just all the inappropriate jokes. Um, Fits with but I'm, character. I'm super happy about this. Like, I, I can't iterate enough to people, like, this is, 
I'm so fortunate in that I live in this country with like all the geekiness everywhere. I get my TV shows. I'm a huge fan of the Flash TV series. I get my Walking Dead. I get everything. Like it's. I wish there were more hours in the day to enjoy this stuff. Put it this way: we have so much, so much things to celebrate and have fun with um, the geeky culture that we're following that we have the time to complain about one not being as good as the next. Ain't <laughs> that know, the truth? We are so. We are so soaked and drowning in the, 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 the free entertainment that's coming our way that we can be picky about it. Like, remember when we were overjoyed of the Flash TV show in the 90s? That was amazing. So uh, I got a Wayback Machine for a lot of other stuff. We, we sort of had this sort of long view of how far things have come for us and how amazing it really is now to go, we debated, were we ever going to get a Spider-Man movie? And there's been so many since that, you know? Oh, my God, so many Spider-Man movies. Exactly. Yeah, my mother was waiting for a Spider-Man movie for the longest, forever. She was a big Spider-Man fan. Mm -hmm. So was I. I was raised into it. And if only she could have been around long enough. She got to see the first one, and she never got to see the following one. But it went from, is there going to be a Spider-Man movie, to, oh, my God, are we going to get another Spider-Man movie? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it is now. Like, how many times do you need that origin story? You know, someone was asking me recently. I forget. Sorry, this is such a weird conversation. But someone was asking me who I'm attracted to. I was on another podcast, and we were talking about, like, superheroes, alter uh, personalities or alter egos that we're attracted to. And they were like, no love for Peter Parker? And And I thought about it. It. And I was like, every rendition of Peter Parker is 14 now. No, I can't say that I'm attracted to Peter Parker. Because Don't get me started a, on that. He's a freshman in high school. Every time his story is told. I would love to see a Spider-Man movie where he's actually a young adult. That would be great. That is one of my biggest complaint on Peter Parker because they uh, actually should just change his last name to Pan. Because <laughs> my entire, like, like I said, I'm 40 and most of my life he was an adult man who was married. Right? Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. the Peter Parker I want to see, too. I'm with you. He was only in high school in the comics for two years. 28 issues of comics. Yep. <laughs> I feel like, despite the, the weird sort of uh, youth reboots of Spider-Man, for whatever reasons, primarily probably because Quesada has issues with being married. Cheap shot that that was. He's true. no longer editor-in-chief, so it's not his he, fault he, anymore. He, he was for quite some time, but yeah. <laughs> Even DC did this weird thing where, like, soups can't be married because old people aren't interesting for comic readers. This person can't be with somebody. And I'm like, no, guys, that was kind of an interesting dynamic. Watching these guys live these lives with their significant others and the people that they love and why they are heroes is actually one of the more interesting aspects of them. But and- it's more interesting to the people that are in our demographic. Like the older demographic, you know, when they're trying to sell movies, they're trying to sell movies to the kids. That's where the money is. Yeah, but we got to take those kids to see the movies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, because those kids don't have jobs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right, they're not paying for these movies. And if the parents say they suck, the kids don't bother going. I'm sort of waiting for Aunt May to be 35 at this point in one of these reboots. And just like, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm just wait, who's that? Aunt May? What? Mm-hmm. Well, she looks uh, pretty spry for 80. Sure, why not? (laughs) Um, The reason why I think I'm so happy with the upcoming movies is they are really trying hard to kind of keep some of the core concepts and ideas of the characters, uh, in particular with the TV shows and sort of loosely with the movies. That said, I'd like to break on to the violence that has always been permeating through comics and TV for the longest. We've been friends long enough. Now now what sides are you going to take? Like, who are the best verses that you would think that would be the most interesting to you? Batman and Superman, we already know how, that, how that's going to play out. 
We right. already know no one's going to the theater to see Superman beat Batman. It's more whoa, so. Whoa, whoa, hold whoa. on, hear me out. Hear me out. It's always been the curiosity of how Batman would even beat Superman. That's what made them start writing those stories to begin with. Not to see Superman beat Batman because that's a that statistically, statistically that's a done deal. He can he can breathe on him and kill him. I, <laughs> I mean, he can zap him from space if he had to. The entire planet could be kryptonite, and he could sit back from the moon and zap it out of existence. Okay, hold on. See, this is this is where this thing becomes a thing. Um, hilarious. I love hilarious. it. This is where we're going right now. What you're implying, of course, is that the guy who's super smart isn't good enough to beat the guy who's super strong. Okay, Batman is not super smart. He's, he's totally super smart. He's oh humanly genius. So he's, he's gentlemen, genius. Batman is the master detective. Yes. But Superman also has super intelligence. See, so I oh, don't think you on. can say it's the brain versus brawn battle. Exactly. Because they good. both have brains. No, 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 no. She but we're talking about the movie. Point. We're talking about the movie here. No, we're and not. Superman in the movie. We're not talking the about Batman the movie. We're, Superman movie. We're talking about the characters, Bo. And she brings up the point. Batman, I mean, Batman is humanly smart. And Superman absorbs scientific information and regurgitates <laughs> it at a superhuman level. At a superhuman level. That's why he can counter such characters so does as Mr. Mitchell Batman, Batman nope. does that too. No. Yes. It's still within human boundaries. No, it's not within human boundaries. Batman is so absurdly genius. He, he has gets no like power. And Superman will run for his money. He has no power. He's, he is super genius, but he's superhuman genius. Yes. Okay. He's, so not, he's not an alien level of genius, which Superman is. I don't know. I just debated this on one of my vlogs recently. Um, not this week's, the week before, of the characters and where you would go. And, you know, a lot of people bring it down to if Batman has the ability to plan out his attack, it's going to be Batman. And if he doesn't, and it's just a spur of the moment, it's going to be Superman. But I have to say, I, dis I disagree with that. I have to use the super intelligence argument of that. And, you know, maybe I think the argument is that Supes will default to Braun and not use his brain. But we can't say that he doesn't have a brain because we watch him default to Braun a lot. Because okay. like He-Man, like He-Man, for years, He-Man is a genius. We know that. But he solves all his problems by punching because it solves all the problems in, <laughs> in his world. Hold on. Hold on. I, I have to throw a flag on the super genius part for Superman. Okay. He comes from Krypton. Mm -hmm. Krypton is this advanced civilization of really smart alien people, right? Mm -hmm. If they're so smart, why is there only one of them left and the entire planet blew up? Um, Maybe because they have smarter two. enemies than we do here on Earth. Which they do. Because <laughs> there one in in one iteration, um, the species that is Brainiac was an enemy, and it was the home computer on Krypton. And so they, they hate themselves. Yeah, and they are. <laughs> yeah, this no, actually, the the species that is the computer that was the computer on Krypton wasn't something they built. It was an alien species that its natural ability is to integrate into electronic equipment. Okay. Yeah, and and Brainiac is a phenomenal alien super intelligence. Who Superman has outsmarted? <laughs> Batman's outsmarted him too. Batman's outsmarted Superman. Batman's outsmarted Darkseid. Batman's outsmarted Lex Luthor. Who hasn't Batman outsmarted? And the reason, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, okay, no, 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 no. And the reason <laughs> Batman has outsmarted everybody is because ultimately Batman is not physically capable enough to do this. He has to use his smarts. And because he relies on it more, more frequently, and much more tactically, he is, in fact, the smarter of the two. Ah, see, I, I counter this. Batman outsmarted most of these people that you've listed mainly because they underestimated him. And Supes will, too. Yeah, maybe Supes will. That's actually, you just kind of argued against yourself. That's actually a good argument for Batman defeating Superman is if he underestimates but Batman. We're, we're arguing the characters, not necessarily the movie. Am I correct? 
Yeah, yes. yeah, totally. Well, we haven't seen the movie yet. None of us, because none of us seen as, as the characters, Superman knows Batman. No, no, no. Why no, no, would no. he underestimate? No, no, no. We had to keep it in the context of the meeting for the first time. Oh, okay. So now they've met for the first time. Then Batman's doomed. How That's do you true. Because Batman didn't get to plan it out. I don't yeah. know. I think if it, they're I meeting think for the first time. so heavily on which comic writer you read. Yes, but you threw that out the window. <laughs> Okay. What do you mean? See, oh, you mean I threw it out the window when I was saying it's fun when we get to debate because we yeah. get to become the writers? We are the writers. Okay. We are the writers. But if you're going to be using things from other source material, it depends which writer's source material you're drawing from. Okay, exactly. so set the who boundaries. Who you're Batman and who your Superman are. Trisha, set the boundaries. Yes, you got, to, you, got, you got to set the rules for this one so we can do this all honest life. Set the boundaries on Batman Superman if we're going to do this. I don't think there are boundaries to this battle, but I think that's why people have so much fun with it. Hmm. All right, so if all boundaries are off. doing this series and not this series. Like, you're using the comics that are beloved to you, whatever that may be. And Batman and Superman both have such a deep history that, I mean, I can tell you straight up, like, I can tell you 100%. There's no way I've read every single Batman comic or every single Superman comic. That's with I effect. just yeah. haven't. And I don't think that anyone who's making this argument are. So you're basing your data and your arguments versus, like, on the comic books that you have read. Um, over 75 is, years so of history. There's so much room to debate. <laughs> 75 years of history on these guys. That's and, what they okay. say, 150 years between the two of them. And, yeah, so oh, and, there's, and there's contradictions on all of them oh, over and over again. Oh, oh goodness, yes. tons. Because Batman is a murderer for his first, like, 20 <laughs> years. He's a crazed murderer. And so and Supes has bumped up a few people in his, in his origins, too. So, <laughs> I mean, without going too far down that particular rabbit hole, I think we should move to Marvel and weigh in on Cap versus Iron Man. Mm. <laughs> Because so, that's the next one up also. So you're saying there's no resolution for Batman versus Superman except to see where it goes because there's too much time? Yes. All right. So Cap versus <laughs> Iron Man, I got something here because Cap and Iron Man have fought at least four times that I know of, that I remember. When Cap first came out of the ice, he engaged in combat against all the Avengers, and that ended at a stalemate. They managed to calm him down so that he doesn't beat the crap out of them. <laughs> because Cap was amazing coming straight out of the ice. He was, he was limber and didn't lose a step. Um, it was also them reintroducing him, so of course he's unstoppable. There's the famous uh, time when, uh, during the Armor Wars, when Iron Man zapped Captain America with a sucker zap when he thought that, you know, everything was going to be fine. Just to get this out there, Iron Man's a little bit of a jerk. He's punched... No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's punched almost all of his friends. I just want you to know that... We can't be too mad at Tony if he was sitting there and doing the drunk thing late at night and (laughs) ordering all the stuff off of Amazon and drunk texting his exes. He has an issue and a problem, and everybody who works with him knows it, so they take their chances. <laughs> All right. It's true. He's already Cap started knows. punching most of his friends, even in the cinematic universe. Because, <laughs> look, he's punched Thor. He's going to punch Cap. He's punched uh, oh. Hulk. I mean, and, and he was too. He has punched Widow in Iron Man 2. He punched Widow in the ring. So, like, he's punched all of them. Yeah, but then she almost took his arm out of his socket. So, I well, mean, like, yeah. there's clearly some people you should and shouldn't punch when you're Iron Man. Black Widow is on the don't ever put your hands on her if you like your arms. He just hasn't mm-hmm. punched Hawkeye yet. It's because Hawkeye might just shoot him. I yeah. mean, like. <laughs> so then I have to ask, guys, in general, Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Uh, you mean legitimately? Legitimately. Yeah, personally. Who devil's do you... advocate aside. Yeah, yeah, no devil's advocate. Okay, I'm very pro Captain America because how can you. How can you go against the guy who does the right thing because it's just the right thing to do? That's also why you're pro Superman. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why um, I have a problem with Batman recently in recent years. <laughs> so, so Trisha, which, which yeah. Cap or, Cap or uh, Iron Man? Um, I, well, I'm very similar in that my, uh, my love of Superman probably extends 
from my love of someone who's right and good and just. And I'm a team cap. I, I have a soft spot for cap. I've always been a cap girl. I uh, cosplayed Peggy. Um, like Cap's my guy, you know, I, I just think it's, he's so gentlemanly and stands for everything that's good. And I love it. That being said, I love Tony Stark too, but ultimately if it comes down to me having to choose one of them, I'm choosing Cap. Yeah. Tony's a little bit cynical for me. He's a little cynical. He's a little flawed. And that's what makes people love him. I mean, yeah. I draw that similarity between Batman and the argument between Batman and Superman. It's DC's fight versus Marvel's fight of, do you like the flawed and very human hero that maybe people feel like they can relate to more? Or do you like the, like, OP stands for everything that's right, more traditional idea of what a superhero is? And for yeah. me, I like that traditional image. On the same time, I mean, I mean, Cap is flawed, too. Well, I, I mean, to, to an extent, because, like, even that one line where he's like, I want to punch you in your perfect teeth, it's because <laughs> he's a bit of a cynic and Cap's an idealist, and he has a hard time aligning his vision with the ideal of trying to be the best person you can. Mm-hmm. And, Tony, and Tony doesn't realize that, yeah, he has perfect teeth. Cap wasn't always Cap, but he's no. always had the mentality of Cap. He's yes. always had the mentality of Cap. He's a World War II soldier who wasn't fit for war, who was willing to throw his life away to fight for what he believed was the right fight to fight for. And it's that simple. Being that, he went to sleep and woke up and the war hasn't stopped. He's still fighting another battle. And as Avengers 2 taught you whether you liked it or not, or how you felt about the Avengers 2 movie, what it did give me was a good insight on Cap's emotion. Because typical of a World War II guy, he didn't verbally say anything. But the visual was clear. He is alone in the world, and he doesn't matter unless there's a war to fight. That was what the visual told me. Everyone hmm. he knows is dead, and in the end, gone. Empty room. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, because he he takes a moment to talk to Peggy Carter, who's like much older at that point in the in the Avengers movie, and she's telling him, you know, you gotta go live your life, go thrive, be alive, and do something and interact because you can't live in your past, you can't live in your history, right? Which he's still stuck there. He's still stuck there. He's fighting a continuing war against evil. He woke up. The enemies are still the same. He's still fighting Hydra. I do hope that we get another Peggy Carter season. Yeah, I'm. I, I know she's got other work on the on the pipe here, and maybe she has enough time to split between both of them. Um, but I really like the Peggy Carter show for a lot of reasons. I do too. Uh, kind of wondering if she will make one more cameo in this movie uh, because of her her involvement with both Bucky and Cap. Um, <laughs> because this is his movie. I mean, it's not. It, it's the Winter Soldier. It's the Winter Soldier movie and Cap's movie. Not necessarily an Avengers free for all. I have some hopes that they will try to draw on the history a little more again. I don't know if they'll put another flashback in, but I know for a fact she is in it for her last appearance in the current timeline of the movies. No. Yeah. The, it's been fun. Yeah. I'm gonna miss. The, I'm gonna miss their uh, their little back and forth between the Agents of Shields and the Peggy Carter crew. Mm-hmm. With their uh, with their little vines. I'm not saying that the that the Peggy Carter series is over. I'm just saying that in her appearance in the movies in the this current is the last timeline, movie appearance. Yeah, as at her current age. Okay. At her current age, her in the 2000s, it's done. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, yeah, there's a funeral in it, and that's hers. Okay. No! Yeah. Spoil- that means they're probably going to push the, the torch to Sharon Carter, her, her granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, did you know that that um, in the comics, uh, Trisha, Sharon Carter, the nurse from mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, that she's related to Peggy Carter? I didn't know they were related. Yeah. She's related, related to Peggy Carter, and I don't know. There's something in the genes. She's automatically going for Steve. <laughs> of course she <yes>. is. <laughs> All right. Steve's a schmixy, schmixy man. So Iron Man or Cap? Iron Man or Cap for me? I who wins? Oh yeah, which side? Who wins or which side am I on? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on Team Cap for one reason. 
and it's sort of the, the basis and crux of why this movie's even happening. It's because he's trying to be their first friend. He's not willing to give up his friend no matter how bad things have gotten. He knows that, exactly. He knows that, you know, things have been rough, and he's like, I'm not going to give up on Bucky. I mean, like, Bucky's bad, but it's not his fault. So yeah. I'm going to go keep team cap on this one because, you know, the classic bro scenario there. But who wins in a fight? Who wins in a fight? Iron Man has just got so much hardware, dude. It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for technical statistics, I think Iron Man destroys Captain America in most scenarios, especially in the like, I think only through through story plot and um and, well, and unique scenario situations will Captain America come out on top in any of these things. But most of the time, the flying Swiss Army war machine is gonna take down Cap. I mean, like if you look at the the comic, it's based off of both Cap and uh, Stark have a throwdown <laughs> and they kind of stop what they're doing because of all the destruction. So they never quite fully resolve that. Yeah, because in one fight, uh, uh, Tony beats Cap and in another fight, Cap beats, Cap Tony. beats Tony. And then in the third fight, Cap stops. stops the fight. Cap stops the fight. Yes. Cap stops the fight and calls an L. Because yeah. he's a good dude. Because he's, he's a good, a good dude, dude and the fight was leading to the devastation of a lot of things. It yeah. wasn't. I think rea- the reality is, is Steve would have to get really lucky with timing to take out Cap where Cap has an inexhaustible supply of armors. And that's sort of where it goes. Ooh, I got a solution for the fights. Mm. I got an easy solution for the fights. Okay. Mm. Role-playing game rules. Role RPG game stat rules. rules. If this was an RPG, mm-hmm. going back to Batman and Superman, if this was an RPG... And uh, they have the same t- amount of points? A tabletop dice rolling game. No, they don't have to have the same amount of points. They're made under their point system. So you were saying if this is like an RPG, what is each superhero's AC? And what is each... Oh, what you got there? DC You're showing me something fun. Game. It's the role-playing game. Hell this, yeah. Oh yeah, it's the role-playing game. And this has both Batman and Superman in it, and I didn't check, so... I thought you meant like we need to figure out what the RPG stats would be. I didn't know you had them in a book there. That's fancy. Well, I mean, I've got nice. a library of RPGs dating back 22 years. Good for yes. you. That's impressive. He, he has a wall. I've been running <laughs> games for like forever. Awesome. Yeah, it's hard to find a good DM out here on the West Coast for sure. Well, that, Bo uses me. He, he's, I, I Skype. So. <laughs> yeah, I have three different campaigns going on right now. Oh, and two playing? of them, we just dropped our DM. Really? Oh. What you, ooh, that, that, that hurt. Are you going to the, uh, the Comic-Con SDCC this year, Trisha? Oh, hell yeah. This will be my like 11th or 12th year in a row. I never miss it. Right on. Yeah, I love it. I love San Diego Comic-Con. It's, you know, it before I could afford tickets, I would, like, hit up every company I knew how to booth to see if they needed, like, booth staff. Like, I was, like, getting in any way that I could. Um, and then using my lunch break to, like, go see <laughs> signings and stuff. See, we just got to work it anywhere we can. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, that's what you do. You hit up people and ask them if they need any help with their booth. That's a great way to do it. You can actually become an SDCC Comic-Con volunteer, volunteer. and I'm not sure exactly how that program works now. I know it's changed over the years. Yeah, that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's not what I was saying is interesting. I'm comparing Batman and Superman over here, and they have the, interesting stat comparisons. Do they have mm-hmm. the same amount of points? Um, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Um, oh, okay. Absolutely not. The, this... Uh, the Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition system is what they use to make the DC Adventures Heroes Handbook. And they have, like uh, the old Champions Fusion system, they have uh, a power level rating that limits how far their offensive and defensive capability can be. Okay. Batman's maximum offensive de- defensive capability, uh, and this ranges from 1 to 20, by the way. Okay. Batman is at a 12, and Superman's at a 15. That's okay. pretty close. That's pretty mm-hmm. close, actually. So that tells you what kind of technology Batman can bring to the table. Stat-wise, Superman, his intelligence is rated as lower than Batman, 
But but he has um an array over his intellect that makes him absorb information. Okay. Yeah, which is interesting. So maybe it's like a classic D&D intelligence versus wisdom thing. Yeah, it seems uh, Batman's fighting is ridiculous. So what you're saying is Superman is smart, but primarily because he can look at everything and remember it with photographic memory and stuff like that, whereas Batman is just really smart. Yes. Yes. That's what it seems. <laughs> Aha! That's what it seems. It seems yes, Batman is just... Point, point to my end on Batman for this one. But if intellect is a me- if intellect is a measure of who you're capable of outsmarting, though, he should never be able to outsmart Lex Luthor, as an example, because Lex Luthor is a boatload smarter than Batman here. Yeah, and, and not by a small margin. Is there a cunning stat? You know what I mean, like a like a sort of clever KG stat. To make this quick, so we don't drag on into RPG stats, the attributes, <laughs> the attributes are, are like strength, stamina, agility, dexterity, fighting, intellect, awareness, presence. It's very simple. Okay. Straightforward. Okay. Um, and it, like, if this was the old 10 by 10 room fight where they're meeting for the first time and they're just put in a box to fight to the death, Superman just destroys Batman. If Batman's giving plan, he has a chance to hurt Superman. And so I say, statistically speaking, taking myself entirely out of it as far as my emotional state in it, Batman is the underdog sizably in this and has a chance to beat Superman. But you take the narrative out of it, Superman just beats him. All right, fine. No problem. I always had a plan B anyway. Wonder Woman beats the crap out of both of them. So <laughs> I would love to see that happen. I got a chance to interview uh, the stars of the film on the red carpet during the premiere via really? Skype. Really? Um, yeah, via Skype. It was awesome. I actually just nice. linked the uh, – I just tweeted out the YouTube link to the video if you want to check it out at some point. But I asked Gal Gadot um, if she thinks she could defeat both Henry and Ben in a sword fight because I would love to see that. Um, and she said in a sword fight, yeah, totally. She did all the training. She was like, in other fights, maybe not. But in a sword fight, I got this. Uh, see, I think she's underrating herself. Like, she used to be Israeli Special Forces. Like, she's really, like, capable. I don't know well, about... Not Israeli Special Forces. Israeli Sorry, not Israeli. Military. Israeli, Israeli military. military. She was Israeli military. Um, and she's a trained combatant, whereas I don't know how much uh, Affleck or Cavill is on the trained department. So she might be able to just take them out right. I don't know. We'll see. And <laughs> just destroys him. Because um, he, I don't even think, he, yeah, she just destroys him. She's Seriously. a better fighter. She's stronger. She's tougher. She has the same fighting he has, so she, he can't even outmaneuver her. And um, Superman can only overpower her. And uh, and that's it. That, 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 that's it. He's just, he just has flat raw strength to rely on, doesn't he? That, that, and, and a dozen powers. <laughs> you know, he also has a dozen extra powers. But stat-wise... It, 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 she takes him, but his powers are ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that in an RPG, you do have to try to balance it out. His po- They're the same power level, though. They are the same really? power level. They're- I think Wonder Woman, because at least fight- after the recent New 52, where they kind of bump her up, she can fly. She's super tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but this Wonder Woman seems to have a better chance against them, because they're at least the same power level. Meanwhile, yeah. Superman keeps getting new abilities in the New 52. I think she just beats him on the raw fact that she's as strong and tough and a better fighter. Well, she's like, not as strong. She she's not as strong and as tough as Superman in the current fifty two, and she's still not as strong as and as tough as Superman in the in previous years. No, I think they they got her pretty close. Like when the new fifty two rebooted, is she bulletproof now? She's impierceable. Yeah. So what's the bracelets? What's what's the bracelets for? Laser beams. Oh, because okay. uh, <laughs> um, did you know that bullets? If you had a good enough bullet, could pierce the skin of Wonder Woman, not necessarily do sizable 
damaged Trisha, mm-hmm. but they could pe- that's why she would block. She was tough and resilient against blood trauma. But yeah, uh, she's a beast. Yeah, but yeah, piercing yeah. damage could actually p- get like through. I mean, she can she can still get hurt a bit, but I mean, like they really kind of leveled the playing field when they make her the daughter of Zeus. Yeah, she's she's a demigod. Yeah, I don't um, like that though. I wish you know all the power came from her, and it wasn't just you know dad birthright. Yeah, it wasn't. I wish it wasn't just birthright. It, wish, but, it, but it does give her the same parody as Superman because Superman's birthright does. also. Yeah, but before this, before this, that power was strictly just her. She was the best among her people and took it even farther. You know what I'm saying? She was completely her own independent, self-built person. And before Kingdom Come, I love the the comic book series Kingdom Come. Have you ever read that? Mm -mm. Okay. Before Kingdom Come, Wonder Woman was a different character. She could beat you with just words. She was very peaceful. She was very centered. And fighting only came into play when there was no other answer. Absurdly diplomatic. Very smart, very capable. She could be. Tell, she could basically get into the middle of a conflict and say, "Look, there's reasons why this should stop without violence." Yeah. And in many cases, she could actually do that. And then and after Kingdom Come, which I love the story, but it was depicting a Wonder Woman who failed in her job to bring peace to the world, so she was more violent. But people loved it so much, the writer slowly transformed the existing Wonder Woman into that, forgetting the overall thing that she was also suffering from the fact that she failed. I mean, this sort of brings us back to, like, the darker tones for Superman in the movies um, in general. There's sort of this, I guess, unspoken, it's harder to be a superhero in these dark times. So these superheroes are a little harder and darker to begin with. So I kind of recognize that that is a thing that's happened over the course of their 75 years worth of being a character. <laughs> um, and I'm mostly okay with it in some cases. But I'm super looking forward to her solo movie. I can't. I'm. I, I squee and geek out whenever I see little snapshots of them on site filming for this Wonder Woman movie, and I hope to see also Marvel kick out definitively uh, a Captain Marvel movie as well. I think that's going to be awesome. That would be great. I agree. What is your best? What What is What is your most anticipated versus? Like, if you could just create a fight. I mean, a lot of people like the whole Superman Goku nonsense, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, which, sure, sure. If you If you could have any I, two superheroes. Or fictional characters. Yeah, does it have to be superheroes? No, it doesn't have to be. Okay, no, 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 no. Fictional characters, because I mean, Death Battle finished. I'm not even going to mention Superman versus uh, Goku, because I like both of those characters, and I think Death Battle handled that perfectly and legitimately. Superman just defeats Goku. End of story. (laughs) At the end. But you, Trisha. For me. In all of fiction. Oh my God, that's such a big question. I mean, even if it has to be Picard versus Kirk. Yeah, who's it going to be? Well, see, okay, here, I'm going to guide you through my thinking process because this is why I'm confused. Um, Because I love big stuff fighting fighting big stuff. That makes me really happy, like, as a moviegoer. Like, I understand I'm one of the few people that really loved Pacific Rim, but I love... uh, 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 You're not alone here. Okay, good. (laughs) I mean, I'm like Jaegers fighting kaijus. I am in. I am all about it. I don't care what the story is. I just want to see the action sequences. It was amazing, and I loved it, and it was great. So when I'm thinking like along those lines, I'm like, who are my like favorite really big fictional characters? So I'm like, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Okay. But right. he's so easy to destroy. You could just melt him. Yeah, just fire. Well, those yeah, guys—that's that's an, unf- an unfair fight with Godzilla. I, like, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah, Godzilla would destroy him. Godzilla would destroy him. He would cook him in the first fire and then get covered in his goo, and that would just be bad. It'd be done. <laughs> that would be the end of it. It would be messy, but it would be over quickly. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's what I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of like big kaiju fight. 
Yeah, like another big kaiju fight. Mm. I'm about- serious. Jaegers versus kaiju, like giant robots against giant aliens. That was that was pretty tops for me. Yeah, that's why I own the movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift from sci-fi and go straight to fantasy. Go and for say, it. I want to see all three of the dragons from the Game of Thrones versus Smog. Ooh. Oh, I like that one. I think Smog uh, just eats them. No, he's really I big. Agree. No, he's he's kind of big, but they're really tough. They and are there's tough. Three of them. They are tough. And there's, and there's three of them, but they're not intelligent. You don't know that. What makes you say they're not intelligent? Um, because how, how they, far in the stories are you? <laughs> Well, I'm not counting the book. I'm just talking about how they're depicted in the TV show so far. Okay, but you haven't read the books. I have. <laughs> I have read. I haven't. I, don't wanna, I, haven't, okay, I, I haven't read all the books. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, oh no, we can spoil it as long as we say spoilers. No, no. Yeah, I, I, well, I, say I don't want to spoil anything, but I would just say that there are moments depicted they, in yes. the books that are not in the show where they seem that way show more the dragons to be pretty gosh darn with it. Except. That shows them to be pretty gosh darn with it, yes. But they don't, they don't seem like they're Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock smart, okay? Because uh, the eloquence of him alone, he's, he's, he spotted poetry on his way to destroy Lake Town. I mean, like, come on. I agree that Smaug is amazing. But if we're going story-wise, oh, she's like, I mean, Smaug, he was right. kind of outsmarted by a burglar and taken down by Ooh. a human. A burglar with the most powerful ring in the world. That is true, but also taken down by a human. Who had ridiculous inside information on his weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Handed down I mean, through family but, information on his weakness. And was and was given insider information from a bird. I mean well, in the in the book. Alright, all right, hold on. Let's let's keep smog then. A talking bird ratted out smog's weakness in the book, okay. <laughs> hey, those those birds are really in the loop on the Lord of the Rings, just as a <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf is like, hey, little bird, come here. I need you to go call your buddies, your Actually, cousins, Bilbo the tiny eagles. Bilbo, Bilbo told the little bird. Oh, okay. And he took it to the guy at Lake Town. Birds are dangerous. But yeah. let's keep Smog and let's throw something else to go in with Smog then. No, she thinks the dra- You th- if you think the dragons can fight Smog. I, think that, I personally think the dragons can kick the crap out of Smog because there's three of them. Except um, I don't think Smog will be hurt by anything they do. He's virtually invincible. Remember that. And fire doesn't bother him because he was bathed in it. Well, and that's true, and that's their main source of action, but fire doesn't bother them either. Yeah, but he's way bigger, so hitting them really bothers them? He could just destroy them physically? He's older, but they're young and spry. But he could also rip castle walls with his hands. Drogon's not small anymore. Drogon's the big kid of the bunch. He's also not Smaug. Smaug is gigantic. I don't, is this sad that I'm like, I don't want to see this fight because I don't want to see either of them get hurt? I don't want to see any of these dragons get destroyed. Sibo, Sibo, you want to bring babies to a fight. Why did you want to bring babies to a fight? Those are large, dangerous children, sir. They are not diaper-ridden I, I think it would be more of a fair fight than you're making it out to be. I think it would be a pretty <laughs> If you throw Godzilla in there just for good measure to make it like a three-way dance of death, I think it definitely becomes a lot harder to pick a winner here. Yeah, the, definitely the winner is not whoever's around them. <laughs> Seriously. Everybody in that area just runs Why did you throw Godzilla in there? That's just me. Because he's, like, he's, he's, he's dragon-like. He's, he's been like in 400 a feet weeks. tall. I'm like, come on. Yeah, but Smaug is pretty huge, too. Smaug is a big kid. Yeah, but he's just Rodan for, you know, he's just, he's just King No, Gizizia. he's bigger than Rodan. He's like the size of a mountain, dude. No, he's not. He lived in a mountain. He couldn't be the size of it. He lived in a really big mountain. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, but he lived in it, and he was way smaller than the rest of that mountain. 
He was as big. It could as- just be that we think Smaug is so big if you've seen the movie in comparison to Hobbit height. He's no, he's uh, about half the length of Lake Town. Is that what they say? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, that's what they depicted in the movie because he was when he was on one half of Lake Town, the rest of it was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't. I can't remember in the actual Hobbit book uh, how big they describe him as. I don't remember. He was smaller than Ankelagon the Black. Who was ridiculously big. Because Ankelagon the Black was was the dragon that was the size of mountains. Mm, okay. Yeah. So Smog is like the the kind of spindly guy hunkering over half of a table. And Godzilla is the really large 400-pound sumo looking at his sushi is what you're saying. She still hasn't mentioned what she wants as a fight. I know. I like all these other fights. <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, this is going to sound so super lame, but I don't like to pit my favorite universes against each other. Like, I don't want to fight with myself. I don't want to see it. <laughs> so you're not one of the versus crowd, huh? No, not usually. I mean, I'll get down if people are getting down and I disagree with what people are saying. All right. But so like, it's not a battle I like to the- Batman and Superman. If, I don't so want you, either of them to bite it. What if, what if you a, cross streams? What if it's not a battle to the death? Oh. What if okay, it's just a battle to the defeat? I'm actually right now trying to Google in the book The Hobbit what they say. <laughs> She's like, I think Smog is larger. Um, I do think he's larger. I do, but um, what if it's like, say, cross genre, same genre, but cross uh, groups, and you have Batman versus Cap and Superman versus <laughs> Iron Man? I still think that's a terrible fight for Iron Man. But that's like, a terrible fight for Iron Man. Yeah, Iron, Iron Man's done there. Um, okay, here, wait, here it is. Smaug's actual size is indeterminate as it's never explicitly mentioned in The Hobbit. In The Atlas of Middle-Earth by Karen Wynne Fonstad, Smaug is said to be about 20 meters or 65 feet in length. This measurement corresponds with drawings by Tolkien in which Smaug seems to be around 25 meters or 86 feet. Okay, so he's still within the potential for um, Game of Thrones dragons. I think so. Yeah. But Godzilla eats him. Godzilla eats everybody. I mean, he's kind of really big. I'm not a fan of Godzilla, though. Is that awful? <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so hurt. I won't tell my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Um, I just never, never got super stoked at the Godzilla movies. And I know that tons of people do, and they love them, and that's awesome. Fine. They just haven't been for me. Did, um, did you watch, like, the old Toho series and stuff like that? Where it's like him versus other giant monsters. You might Let like it. Them fight. I might like that. I haven't seen those. You're right. I might like that. Okay, so I'm gonna say my fight right now is we could do Gandalf versus Dumbledore. Mm. But I think that Gandalf would win. Maybe, well, maybe not. I don't know. I, I well, that's if you so that's, a, that's if you don't Gandalf. prescribe to the the conspiracy theory that Dumbledore is actually death. Mm. I do not subscribe to that theory. No, you, you know about it, right? Like yeah, I yes, do about it. Yeah. But tell everyone who's listening in case they have not. Go for it, yeah. Okay, so in the series, Dumbledore has a handful of really hard-to-find, really powerful artifacts that he ends up sort of uh, on the very low, cute tip just sliding over to Harry to help Harry on his journey. Um, one of them is the cloak that helps him be invisible and unseen and unfound. Mm-hmm. And another one is the wand, the super wizard wand, of all wizard wands. The reason why this is relevant is because in, if you watch the movie, they talk to the story about these three old wizards um, who made a deal with death. Yeah, the brothers. The brothers. And in that story, um, 
they all end up succumbing to death, and death collects all those artifacts, including the cloak and the wand. So the only person who realistically can actually have those items would be death itself. Hmm. And if Dumbledore gave them to Harry, that sort of might imply that Dumbledore is a disguise for death. Hmm. So if Dumbledore is it. death... It's too conspiracy theory for me. Uh, and if Dumbledore is death, and on the flip side, uh, Gandalf is like Gandalf the White, then it actually is a bit of a fair fight. Well, there we go, I guess. Because they're both ridiculously powerful. Because Gandalf isn't just a wizard, folks. He's not. No. Uh, Gandalf <laughs> comes from an ancient race of people who just <laughs> use magic to explain away their powers. Well, yes. and that's why I'm like, Gandalf obviously wins that fight. If we're just looking at Gandalf versus Dumbledore. Because, yeah, Gandalf is practically a deity. Yes. Right. But it? so might Dumbledore. There were once three brothers who were traveling along a lonely widening road at twilight. That story, right? Mm-hmm. In time, the brothers reached a river too deep to wade through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Talking, about the, I'm not talking about the tenacious D walking down a road. We're talking no, about no. the No, no. That's a different exactly. one. Death spoke to them. He was angry that he had been <laughs> cheated out of three new victims. For travelers usually drowned in the river, but death was cunning. He pretended to congratulate the three brothers upon their magic and said that each had earned a prize for having been clever enough to evade him. Are you reading this right now? Yeah, it's in front of me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to continue? Or I'll stop. I like I'm enjoying it immensely. So the oldest brother, who was the combative man, asked for a wand more powerful than any in existence. A wand that must always win duels for its owner. A wand worthy of a wizard who had conquered death. So death crossed to the elder tree on the banks of the river, fashioned a wand from a branch that hung there, and gave it to the oldest brother. The second brother, who was an arrogant man, decided that he wanted to humiliate death still further, and asked for the power to recall others from death. So death picked up a stone from the riverbank and gave it to the second brother, and told him that the stone would have the power to bring back the dead. And then death asked the third and youngest brother, what would he like? The youngest brother was the humblest and also the wisest of the brothers. He did not trust death, so he asked for something that would enable him to go forth from that place without being followed by death. And death, most unwillingly, handed over his own cloak of invisibility. Then death stood aside and allowed the three brothers to continue on their way, and they did so, taking with wonder of the adventure they had and admiring death's gifts. In due course, the brothers separated, each on their own destination. Long story short, they all got screwed over, except, <laughs> for, except, for, except for the one with the invisibility cloak, because he was the smart one. Okay. Um, he, he died a natural death of, in his own time. Yes. Um, so it's but, a really epic fantasy version of the three little pigs. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yes. But the interesting part is that every time he comes comes back to a brother, he takes what he gave them. Mm-hmm. So death took the wand, death took the stone, and death took the cloak. Uh, because, the cloak. because the cloaked brother eventually, eventually he surrendered himself to death. Yes. Yeah. So the only person who can have those items that were given to Harry by Dumbledore is death. Yeah, I- but what if death gave them to some other schmucks and then those guys lost him? Dumbledore <laughs> found him. <laughs> This is a thing. This is a thing. (laughs) 
You know, Dumbledore just picked up after the schmucks. He's like, you guys are schmucks. Stop making deals with death. Because like, to, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, Dumbledore is smarter than all three of those guys. And death was taken aback by guys who have magic who figured out how to cross a river. Yeah. So death doesn't have very high standards for being outsmarted. Really. I don't know that I'd agree with that, but I see where you're making that argument from. Yeah, because the wizards, it was wizards crossing a river. I think... Do you think that the kids of Hogwarts could cross that river? I do. I think yeah. they could. Maybe. I think they could. And they're kids. These are full-grown men. Yeah, but you can't use the and their kids arguments when it comes to the Harry Potter series. Because the Harry because Potter series is all about the underdog protagonist, the kids, being able true. to do stuff yeah, that yeah. adults can't do. And, and to her point, Harry Potter's a kid and he helps defeat an army of evil wizards <laughs> and right. Voldemort himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these kids are not just your average kids. <laughs> no. That's true. It, that is true. But how many of those Her- wizards do you think would get stumped by a river? Anybody but Hermione. Because Hermione was the smartest of the bunch. Yeah. She was the most capable. She was the most capable, the smartest. She had the ability to jump in back and forth through time. Like, she was clearly on her A game. I'm, yep. I'm still of house Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go. I don't know. We're going to go with, I guess, Dumbledore versus... Dumbledore versus Gandalf. Dumbledore versus Gandalf. And they're just wizards. (laughs) Plain and simple. Wait, why are we... We're making them just wizards now? Or Gandalf is is not just a wizard. This is true, but do we make make Dumbledore in this presence death? Or do we make Gandalf just Gandalf? Because in the end, it's not a competition if Gandalf is Gandalf. I know. Well, that's why I was like, that's the that's the fight that I would pick, except for Gandalf wins. So you'd just love to see it, huh? Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for extreme wizard fights. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we say Dumbledore and Merlin, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to find cool wizards throughout fantasy <laughs> literature. Ooh, Doctor Strange versus uh, Gandalf. How about oh, that? Oh, oh I wow. still feel like Gandalf would win. But Doctor I don't know. Strange has fought things like gods and angels and other things like that. He's fought things of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Doctor Strange is Marvel's answer to, like, what if Merlin were, like, a superhero? Because he's really, really good. Are you guys so stoked that Cumberbatch is playing Doctor Strange? Very yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was so happy when they picked him. I'm like... Very little. I'm a little stoked. I'm stoked that he... Mr. Cumberbatch keeps finding his way back into my happy place. So, because <laughs> I like Sherlock, I love you, him as Smaug. I like just you, every time he does something. You keep finding out you're a Cumberbitch, right? I am a Cumberbitch. <laughs> yeah, I think he's an amazing actor. Um, I had the opportunity to go to a press event for Desolation of Smog, um, you know, before it came out. And I was sitting like six feet away from Peter Jackson and Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. And it was like, the biggest fangirl moment of my life for that 45 minutes that they were talking because I knew like, you know, we're supposed to be asking questions and I was just sitting there in complete awe that I was six feet away from all of these people. Um, And it was so cool. And the only question I got in before the end is I asked Aiden Turner what it felt like to be the hot dwarf. And I think (laughs) in like a, I'm an idiot girl kind of way. I meant it like traditionally dwarves are not super high in charisma. Like, you yeah. are the race stereotype breaking dwarf. What's it like to try to portray that? Because you can't just portray a traditional dwarf that everyone's used to seeing. This is definitely a different types. And of course, he was like, ah ha ha ha. And I'm like, no, oh, this is a serious he took, question. He took he took it as a a girl question, the hot dwarf thing. 
Yeah, took it as she was being flattering to him. To be fair, I didn't get to ask the question until they were like being ushered out. So I was like kind of chasing him to ask the question. That sucks. Because no, okay. As you know, Bo, Lex, we got to bring her in on this one day. Lex has a big, big standing problem with D&D because she's not a big fan of fantasy and role playing games because she's like she likes her J.R.R. Tolkien's. But, you know, she hates when she opens up a book and she's like, I have to pick a race. And she's like, they, she thinks that it's just innocuously racist. <laughs> just, you know, the dwarves are good at the dwarf things and the elves are good at the elf things and none in between. You know, <laughs> so you can still make a character that goes against that. You're just not going to get all the ability bonuses. Yeah, that and she's going to make it that it's, way. It's freaking weird and annoying for her. But yeah, but you bring up a good point. Stereotypically, dwarves are very comely, brusque guys with no charm whatsoever. And if they have charm, it's kind of a boisterous, beer-swilling charm, you know? Right. Yeah, and they're hairy, so hairy that their women are allegedly bearded. Yeah, 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 their women are bearded. And, like, even if you're looking at in Peter Jackson's universe, like, they all have big nose pieces on. Like, they go out of their way to make these guys yeah, and not the hot guy. Such and then large hibiscus. Right? Yeah. right, exactly. Like, Except like, for this one. Keely, who's just so hot. He's, yeah, he's so hot, the elf chick was like, you know, I think maybe, no, well, no. Hmm. Like, I know Legolas is in love with me, but I don't want that. I want this dwarf. Yeah, but he wasn't the only hot one. Him and his brother, no. Feely, was hot, too. Feely was kind of, kind of schmexy. Uh, and of course, kind of schmexy. I agree. Kind of schmexy. <laughs> and, of course, their leader, their fearless leader who had... He was hot, too. Yeah, Mr. 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 Uh, uh, Blackbeard of Dwarves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had like the most sexy looking beard. Look, I'm pretty straight <laughs> hetero dude, but like I want that sexy beard to grow myself and be like, hey, look at my sexy You're talking beard. about Thorin's beard, yeah? Yeah, Thorin's Thorin. beard. Yeah. Like, holy hell, that man was like really quaffed. Thorin's <laughs> oaken sexy. That's what he was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can oaken my shield. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Oh, he man, had, like, that's pretty bad. He had the sultry eyes. He had, he like, had the, the great modern hair. wind look and everything going on. Like, every time he stopped and talked, like someone had a fan offset blowing his hair in the wind. Like, I mean, he was, he was definitely more charismatic than Bomber, for sure. That's an unfair. <laughs> that's just unfair. But <laughs> I'm thinking in, like, the grand scheme of RPGs and, you know, in the fantasy world, like, we're talking about what that dwarven stereotype is. I legitimately want to know, you know, what it's like to approach a role that's like that. It would be like if you were asked to play... Um, a high elf that had an incredible stutter and like a facial deformity. Like Bo did it, that. Bo did it that. would be an interesting acting challenge. Okay, when uh, we played Lord of the Rings, all right, quick role playing story. When we played the Lord of the Rings role playing game, and just so you know, we've played almost every genre of role playing games, like science fiction, what have you. He played an elf that was so lame it might as well have been a dude. Just, yeah. just the dude of elves. He was like the most watered down dude elf ever. Because there was a human in the party that was way better than him in everything. I mean, your stats. You know, you roll your stats, and you kind of live and die by the stats you roll. And he was just kind of yeah. meh, you know. It, your epic fight was with like some guy in a basement, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a dude in a basement. I wasn't rolling down giant elephants, shooting arrows. He's fighting death knights upstairs. He's struggling with the guy in the basement, guard two. Guard okay. two. Basement. <laughs> you know. So, so he's, I mean, he's. I had my epic battle. It was epic for me. You know, it was alright. <laughs> I was playing the snob elf, and I was always saying how much of an embarrassment you were, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you had you had real elf stats in the game. Yeah, I had phenomenal. <laughs> he is not a real elf. That's yeah, not super high elf. dexterity, super high charisma. You well, know the elf thing. But they were Lord of the Rings elf. This was the Lord of the Rings role playing game, so they were even more than that. 
Yeah, they can they can run on snow. We so, were like, gravity defying pin pinhead fighting sword monsters, and I looked down on him. So you think you're an elf, don't you? Actually, if I remember, stay right, in my shadow. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like, oh, mm, yeah, you're watered down a little bit. Come on. That was the line. <laughs> stay in my shadow, and you may yet live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he was definitely doing sort of like the king of the elves and the prince of the elves, and yeah, it was like the elf stock, the blonde-haired, pretty people versus we're kind of wood elfy here a little bit. <laughs> and I was definitely doing the wood elf thing. Tree. Okay. Yeah. So, but we've never seen the dwarf inside of it. I yeah yeah until Keely. Yeah. That's I thought it was an interesting question. I think but. you I think I think you missed a chance to get a good answer there, but Right? Would he have really been would he have really known what you were trying to go for? I don't know. I I think that was more the issue is I think that you know, I don't know. I've never sat down and asked him to play D&D, so I don't I don't know what level of, you know, nerddom he falls under. Yeah, if um, you were interviewing but, Vin Diesel, that might have been an easier question. Yeah, that might have been easier. Exactly. But my <laughs> yeah. guess is that you know, he probably did the research he had to do for the role, and maybe that was it. Aww. I know. I don't know. Aww. I don't know for sure, but... You should totally, like, find him, hunt him down, have a Skype interview with him, and be like, I had this question. I need to know. <laughs> I had this question, and you just thought I was being cute, and I was not being cute. I was being for real. Exactly. This is a serious question, and you need to answer this now. <laughs> As a fantasy lover, this is a thing I needed you to answer. Well, I think we've gotten a lot out. We always, as usual, segue off subject. Sometimes we can keep on point and things like that. I know you've been doing a stream for six hours straight. <laughs> and you're probably going to wipe out soon. So I'm not going to keep you much longer at all. Um, just have to say thank you very much for being so accommodating. And Aww, Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Anything else you want to plug? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've got my show, Take My Money, on Escapist. I have um, the Thursday live streams that I do with them. I currently host the show Super Gamer Builds on Ami. Uh, that's a PlayStation show. I watch that. That's the one I like, <laughs> I like a I lot. I love yeah. that show. Oh, I really love that show. And actually, I mean, I guess the only thing that I really want to plug is I just recently decided that I want to start doing a lot more with my personal channel. You know, normally I produce all this content and make all this stuff for bigger channels, you know, SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd and then Escapist, like all the channels I was working for. And my personal channel kind of took a back seat to all of those for a long time because you have to work for, you know, whoever's paying your bills. And my personal channel has always been like my baby side project. But just recently I thought, you know what? I want to put more time and effort and money into my personal channel. So I'm going to be doing a lot more on that channel, you know, as much as I can while still uh, managing to stay sane. But I want to put more energy into that. So for anyone who's a subscriber of my channel or is interested in becoming a subscriber of my channel, know that, you know, what you see there now is just the beginning. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. so can you let them know where you uh, the link to your channel and stuff like that? Sure. Yeah. My personal YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash Trisha Hirschberger. And my Twitch channel, where I do a lot of my live streaming, is Twitch.tv slash Trisha Hirschberger. And also, you know, if you kind of want to follow all the random stuff that I do all over the interwebs, it's probably best to follow me on Twitter at ThatGirlTrish or on Facebook.com slash ThatGirlTrish. And when I say that girl Trish, it's always without an I in the girl. So it's that G-R-L Trish. It's that girl. Girl. Yeah, that girl, girl Trish. Trish. Exactly. Um, all right. And uh, with that, Bo, give the shout outs to our boys. Of course, we want to thank Thunderstruck Studios for our intro freak of the week and of course for any of our segues and, and also for our outro our boy K.O. from Life is Sweet he is very very useful in giving us a great way to say goodbye with that said Trish I'd like you to for your first time on here to give us a goodbye we usually end with saying see ya see ya later I will see you later bye bye hater I will see you later bye bye see y'all later